Okay, let's get started. Wonderful. Thanks, everybody. So, you know, if you are a Tesla investor or you're wondering whether or not you should be a Tesla investor, or if you're just somebody who wants to uh, get better at investing in general, this is going to be the show for you. So, welcome, everybody. This is the very first episode of Cyber Bulls. And what this is, it's going to be a weekly series. We're going to do this both on the YouTube Live and Twitter Spaces every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific. We're going to do fun, informative discussions on Tesla, investing, and even a sprinkling of life philosophies. So when it comes to investing, every person is different. And you need to find out your risk profile. And you'll come to find that it's also very much related to your, your kind of life philosophy. Okay, that's better. So, okay, the, the good news is the three of us on the show, we all have different investing strategies. And what we're going to do is we're going to discuss a lot, you know, with that along with our views on Tesla. So let's, let me introduce the bulls. There's Christian Valente. Christian, you want to say wave? So he's Hello. a retired, Hi, everybody. retired corporate executive. He's previously a financial advisor. Now he's an example of someone who worked his butt off in corporate world, and then he made made some money, learned how to invest, and now he's retired and he's enjoying his life, and he's basically doing this for fun. So yeah. I call him the rock star because <laughs> he loves music so much, and he's what I call the stoic bull. Okay, so his philosophy is momentum investing. He will follow the macro environment. He learns when to sell when he thinks that the markets get frothy, and he learns to buy when the market is going down. Okay, there is Xander. Xander Sky is about to join us again. So he's the Froyo King. He's owned four <laughs> frozen yogurt shows. Uh, what's so cool about him is that uh, he actually uh, his story is very very inspiring because he is 100% self taught. He left college taught himself everything about starting a business and investing in options. So I call him the YOLO bull, right? You only live <laughs> once. <laughs> because when it comes to investing, he, he not only does long-term, right, which is what we do, many of us, but he's someone who's learned how to very successfully trade stock options as well, but in a very safe and low-risk way to maximize his investing assets, okay? And then there's me. So I'm a three-time startup founder. I'm very passionate about products and companies. And um, so my philosophy is I'm a long-term investor. I'm a buy and hold. And that's just sort of what I am. I try to find this once-in-a-generation kind of company. I invest in it, like much like I did with Apple. And now it's Tesla. So I'm all in. And I'm just going to basically hold, keep buying, and keep holding. So that's my philosophy. Okay. So today, the topics we're going to cover is... Tesla's on the rise. We're going to find out what happened and what's going to happen shortly. The stock split is happening this Thursday. The super catalyst, which one do we think that the bulls here think is going to be a major catalyst to the stock? Um, the chance of a stock buyback. I think there's going to be some debate on that. And then if there's investment philosophies, we're going to kind of explore a few of that today. And then how will you be trading next month? So let's get started with you. Um, uh, Christian, what, what you know? What's going on with the stock today? Why did it rise? And and you know, I saw this statistic or not a stat; it's a real number. Nine days ago, Tesla stock was at seven hundred ten dollars, and today it's at nine hundred thirty-five or nine hundred plus. So Gary Black tweeted. He said that the technicals are saying that if te Tesla breaks through nine fifteen, it can go back to a thousand short term. So, 
Tell us what yeah. you think, Christian. Great question. Um, glad to be here, uh, Herbert, and um, everyone in the audience. So let just from a from a high level. Um, you're right. Tesla has moved significantly and we do this show. Um, this is the first time we've kind of done it live, but we've done this and we've been speaking about how Tesla moves and when it moves, it moves fast. So we've been in a depressed market for various reasons. Um, and now we're starting to come out of that, right? The inflation looks like it's starting to roll over a little bit. Um, the Q2 earnings of Tesla was better than expected which gave life to the stock. And that's what we were talking about, that the Q2 print would happen. The bad news was already baked into the stock because it had retreated from the 1200 level into the 600s. And we said, this is a great opportunity to get Tesla for the long term. You're getting in at a great valuation. So that's what I did. And I hope a lot of you people out there in the audience did that too, because we've been predicting that once the Q2 print hit, and then they guided, which they did for a record Q3 and Q4 that the 50% was still on, and demand is not an issue, right? Demand is not an issue. Pricing power, we've seen Tesla over the last six to 12 months raise prices. This is the best type of company to own in this environment. And once that Q2 print hit, we did see the stock move up, and it's done really well. Uh, real quick, over the last year, it's actually done really well. It's up 27%. Over the last month, it's up like 30% compared to where the QQQs, the NASDAQ 100, is down, you know, 13% over a year and down 14% in six months, where Tesla is flat in six months. So I think overall, to, to wrap it up in this little first bit, Tesla has accumulated into this nine area. I'm looking at the 920 level. That is a key level. If you can break 920 and go into the 950s and close there, I think that's a great sign that it could bust through a thousand. Um, with a, Q, a record Q3. Beautiful. And then you, Xander, what do you think? What about this technical concept? Did you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, great opening, uh, Christian. And uh, uh, Herbert, thank you for having me. Uh, pleasure to uh, to contribute. Um, yeah, it's uh, interesting how it's moving. Um, it's it's you know supported by 900 uh and and i'm i'm impressed i i, I thought macro would uh would keep it keep keep it uh in the eights and and or below the nine um uh, i thought that nine was a, a, a level that we couldn't go below when we first uh when we first you know started dipping uh out of the 1100 and the 1085 level so uh i think it's it's what we were saying that once macro changes, uh, money is going to flow to, uh, you know, to, to, to the, to the companies and the stocks that are, uh, pro, you know, producing earnings and that are growing. So, uh, it's, um, it, it's, it's really impressive. And I don't think it's, it's, it's going to stop, uh, especially once you get to Q3. Um, Australia just received a batch of Model Ys out of China and they're delivering. It's just, um, you know, and then we have the, um, shareholder meeting on Thursday, uh, which I uh, can't wait, uh, for. That's going to be very, uh, very exciting. I'm hoping that there will be some kind of news. We don't typically hear things uh, that are new at shareholder meetings, but I don't know. This one feels different for some reason. Well, go ahead. Tell us your prediction. I saw Farzad's amazing <laughs> predictions today. I don't think you guys saw it because they just came out. I did not. I did not. Yeah. It's tell us, uh, what do you think? What did he well, say? And, uh, uh, he said a lot of things. He said what he thinks is going to about possibly happen. And then he also talked about what um, 
what's not going to happen. And then he talked, gave some percentages of what could happen. So, okay. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I can't remember all the, uh, all the okay. specifics, but basically yeah, I, I have no uh, idea. I mean, yeah. um, I think that they could, uh, uh maybe re reveal a factory or something like that. That's, uh, uh, you know, their next location, uh, that was said that it would be, um, talked about later this year. So, uh, perhaps, uh, something like that. And uh, it would be good. It would, you know, guide for growth and this whole narrative of, um, you know, by 2030, 5 million vehicles or something like that, like they're magically going to stop growing is just, it's, it's absurd. Yeah. So let's go through the list. So Thursday, stock split, right? Is stock split going to happen? What do you guys give? 100%? Yeah, I would say it's 100%. I mean, uh, some unforeseen thing, but yeah, I would, I would give it 100%. Absolutely. We're going to see that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, uh, yeah. Are they going to reiterate the 50% uh, target? I think they will. Um, I think Elon is going to be upbeat. I think everyone's excited for this call. It's the first one in the new headquarters of Texas in the, in, in the, in the factory, I'm assuming it's going to be, you know, uh, very, we're all hyped or exciting to listen to what, you know, Elon has to say and all the great things and, you know, Cybertruck coming out next year. I don't know if he'll mention that. He kind of mentioned it last time. So maybe there's a little update there. Um, maybe there's, you know, an update on how it's ramping, maybe 4680. So these are all exciting things. And um, I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, I think everyone is. So, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Okay. Well, you know, what do you guys think? Is the stock going to start rising immediately after the stock split is announced? So let me chime in on that, Herbert. So what I think, you've already seen the stock move. Don't get greedy. So <laughs> we've had a massive move yeah. and, you know, into, into the 900s. We closed above 900, 901. We've literally moved 32% in the last month. Let me repeat, 32% in a month. That is moving up. I think what happened was we got way too pessimistic. The Fed, you know, came in. They've been ra raising rates. The economy has not rolled over. Inflation looks like it's starting to roll over. We see the 10-year bond coming in and we see oil down. That has stabilized the market. So all the panic selling is over and the money is flowing, like Xander said, into the great companies, the cash flow companies. There's no one growing like Tesla at 50% plus. No one growing EPS double 100% year over year or more. So these are the things that we've been talking about. And it takes time for markets to unpanic. And, and, and then you see it in the stock price. Er, EPS earnings have been rising over the last six months and a year and 23 has been rising while the stock has been going down. So this is what we've been talking about. It's going to meet the stock price is going to meet the estimates. And even if the, the, the valuation comes in, the stock will go higher driven by the earnings. Okay. Uh, Christian, the suggestion here is mute your microphone when you're not talking. Okay. Cause I think it's your speaker on the, on the the stream yard computer you're using. Okay. Okay. So, so Xander, are you there? You there? Are you gonna? Do you believe what he's saying? Is that uh, the stock? He said the stock's not gonna rise anymore after the stock split, which I completely disagree with him. <laughs> he's absolutely wrong. <laughs> Xander, can you hear us? Oh gosh, he's requesting. Gotcha. Sorry, guys. We're learning how to do this. There you go. You can speak now. Yep, you're there. <laughs> 
So you know, let me let me go about that, Christian. I think that you're absolutely wrong. Okay, stock split um, happened. The movement in the last few days is I don't believe was associated with a stock split. Right? I think it's just everything clearing out of the way. This stock split is going to start happening. It won't happen right after the day is, but it will slowly build up by the time that it's going to happen twenty on twenty on the twenty second of August. Um, I'm pretty bullish. I think it's going to happen. I, I don't think it's going to be eighty percent. I think it's going to be another. Let's say twenty percent. So you can mark my words on that one. <laughs> I disagree with you a little bit on that, Herbert, because I what, think what? the move, a lot of the exactly. move, has already been done. So, Christian, um, what's the price of the stock today? Nine oh one. What did you say that you thought that the stock price would be by the end of the year? Two weeks. Nine. Nine fifty to a thousand. Okay. So who's more correct with our price predictions? <laughs> you are. Yeah, you nailed it. So, but what I would say is that if you look at the 20 for one stock splits for Google and for um, Amazon, they were muted. But now that was in a little bit of a bearish market. We are coming a little bit out of it and the market is stabilizing. So you may be correct, but I don't think the three for one will, you know, it will be the catalyst. I think the fundamentals of the earnings coming through and it and, and Tesla becoming a profit machine over the next two quarters and into next year is more what the driver of the stock will be and why institutions will buy it rather than the three for one. I think the reason the last time the five for one went and the stock went parabolic is because we were in a bull market. We had meme stops going through the roof. So I think the S&P 500 had a lot to do with that move. So I know you're very bullish and you're looking at 1200 by the end of the year and it may happen. And I wish it does happen, but I'm being a little bit more realistic. I'm thinking we're in that 950 to 1000 range could be higher, but um, I don't think the stock splits the catalyst. I think it's the fundamentals of the business. I think the problem could be on my side, so I'm going to try to fix the echo. Meantime, go ahead, Xander. Tell us your thoughts. Uh, what was the question that I uh, was logging in? What, yeah, what do you think is going to happen with the stock split? What are you expecting to go? Um, I think there will be some um, movement in. Uh, you know, you, you could see it. That's how we got to the, I think, you know, the 900 level. Uh, but uh, I don't think it's going to be quite the same impact uh, that we had uh, last time. So if people are looking for this crazy 80% move, I don't think you're going to have that. But um, the options gain will, will change. And uh, uh, so so that will uh, drive uh, a lot more uh, action and it'll be volunt volatility as a result. So um, I, I think that it could uh, it could tip it back to the thousand area. Uh, it, it is possible, but I am I, I am cautious. Um, I, I've I, I kept a little bit off the table, uh, you know, sold for a profit and then just uh, keep keeping some ammo, which is different, uh, different uh, action for me. Something that I uh, picked up from Christian, uh, thanks to uh, our wonderful conversations <laughs> and co coaching sessions. So, um, you know, keep keeping a little bit, uh, some dry powder, as he calls it. So, uh, you know, I, I've, I've evolved but, uh, that. So, Xander, what is it? Did you look at the technicals? Because you look at that every day. When when the when the price hits nine fifteen, it's supposed to be a free a free ride all the way to a thousand. I lost you again. I could take it, Herbert, if you like. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, so basically, when we went through for the first time, when we had the epic run, the twenty x run. And we came back down from the 900 in around February of 21. We went down to the 550s and then we started to move up and we hit 1240. Um, that was the initial run. 
right? The valuation was stretched, the excitement was euphoric, and, and the stock went through the roof, right? And then macro hit us. Uh, inflation and the Fed raising rates, it's hard to any stock, no matter what the kind of momentum, you're going to get smacked down. And that's what happened. So I believe now we're in a better position. Tesla is a stronger company. They are a profitable company, even more than they were back then. They were just starting to turn profitable. So we're, we're, we're the different animal here. We're with a profit beast. And we're with a company now that accrues, goes through a thousand. This is important because the next time it goes through a thousand, I'm not looking to take some chips off the table at 1200 because now it's going to have valuation support. So if you think about next year and you think conservatively, they own earn anywhere from 20 to $24 and you just put a simple 70 or 80 multiple on that, you have a 15, $1,600 stock just for cars alone. So now when it busts through, now you just still have a fairly valued company it's not a euphoric time that's my opinion i yeah, don't so i don't believe the next all, time we go through yeah are you saying it's all uh, it's all earnings and mm, there's no Absolutely. super catalyst that can happen nothing the way i look at the stock the way i own it yes catalyst can help it catalyst can help drive it day to day but over the over the six month 12 month period the catalyst will fall away no one's going to care about a stock split three weeks after it's done they're not going to care about a stock split one week after it's done the thing that's going to make tesla a multi-trillion dollar company is the earnings i'm talking 20 to 25 billion next year i'm talking 30 35 40 billion in, in the in the out years, which will turn this into with a with a reasonable multiple, even at fifty or sixty, into a three thousand dollar stock pre split, and that's not with energy business doing anything, you know, building robots. So that's why I'm bullish. It's like free call options and all the other stuff, and the cars are the base business, and the way they're operating margins at eighteen percent. You know, last quarter took a little bit of hit because of the shutdown and because of the ramps of the new factories, but other than that, we're going to get right back to it. And I'm expecting big things in three and four. And that's why I own the stock, because it's just a profit machine and they're going to continue it. And I'm super excited. Yeah. So, again, you're saying that it's got nothing to do. You don't think that uh, anything's going to change in the next few months. I, I think there's going to be a huge number of milestones and catalysts that's coming. It's going to bump it up each time. They'll bump it up maybe 5%. So things like investment grade credit rating, right? The stock split I already gave you. I said 10% or something like that. I think that um, Master Plan Part 3 will come out, and I think that's going to do something. I And you and I have a difference. I think that AI Day 3, AI Day is not going to do anything, but you think that that's going to do something. <laughs> yeah, so I agree with you. I know you're the milestones guy, and I love it, and it's awesome. And and the catalysts are very important. But the way, just the way I think about it, and we can hear what Xander has to say, I look at it from an EPS machine now. I look at Tesla, the business, how many cars, how many units, what's the growth, 50, 60, 70%, and then what's the bottom line operating margin? I could just do a simple analysis. I don't have to do anything other than that. I can get an EPS on the bottom line, gap earnings. I give it a reasonable multiple, and the stock still is a double or a triple in a year or two, So, or maybe less. I, like I'm being conservative. But you're absolutely, catalyst will drive it in the short term, but the earnings will drive it in the long term. 
Yeah, that's really well put. Uh, uh, you know, I think last uh, the last run up to 1200, it was a lot of uh, FOMO, a lot of questions. Um, but but now it's just an it's an earnings machine, and uh, you don't have to um, you know hope uh, that that it's that other people understand it. Um, the math is is simple and clear. It's just it's making earnings. Uh, there was a multiple compression, and now we're uh, you, you know you're seeing companies get taken down that aren't producing earnings but tesla is growing their earnings so how do you how do you just uh you know not not, not look at it that way when when you know all the fud that you see is just it's not playing out the way that they uh continue to say I agree with Xander completely. The earnings, you can't deny Tesla anymore because it's a profitable company. So the, the, the fear, the uncertainty, the doubt doesn't have the same impact because the facts on the ground tell you something completely different. And Xander's right. L look at, look at um, the Googles of the world and the Apples of the world and the Microsofts. Look at, look at Tesla's performance, even short term. It's outperforming in a, in a one-year, six-month, and one-month um, ratios because of the great power it's showing and the growth. No one's growing like Tesla. So, you know, the, the facts will come out and it might take the market a while to get it, but you got to sit there and be patient and you'll get rewarded. You know, you guys sound so logical. You guys sound so good. The earnings is going to make the stock go up. Tell me what happened in the last six months. Why did the stock not just follow the earnings? Quarter one was a blowout quarter. Everybody's freaked out on the numbers they hit. Quarter two didn't blow up, but they still shocked everybody. Earnings, which is what you're talking about, stock fell like crazy. Don't tell me momentum doesn't matter. Don't tell me that these catalysts don't make a difference. In term, again, I talked about last time, price ledge, right? So. Yep. No, I'm a momentum trader. I agree with you. But we went through why the macro was too strong on a, on a record Q1 and Tesla had a stretch valuation. It was going to trade 200 times and the market wasn't in the mood to trade 200 times when the Fed was just about to start a crazy rate 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 hike. 75 basis points, 75 basis points, 75 basis points. The, the stock could not withstand that. And we did have the Shanghai shutdown. So that killed any momentum from a great Q1. And you saw Q1, it reacted but it didn't last because the macro took it down. So there was okay. a good reasons why. Uh, can I just pause for a second? They, everybody's still yep. hearing echoes on both Twitter and the live stream. So if both of you, what I'm doing is uh, muting both the Twitter and the live stream when I'm not talking. And if you guys can do that, two press two buttons. Okay. Go ahead, okay, I'm muted. Go ahead, Sander. You can give it your thoughts on. Uh, what, what was the question? Well, let's move on. On, on, let's on catalysts. About, yeah, and earnings. I mean, I'm yeah, catalysts. What are the catalysts that you think is coming? Um, catalysts. Uh, I mean, AI Day is uh, not exactly uh, uh, something that uh, most of the. Uh, wait, I'm not unmuted on uh, on the live stream. Um, the so the catalysts uh, are just it's simply earnings and and their, their growth, right? But you have Berlin and and um, Texas ramping. Um, like I said, I think something that uh, might come that isn't uh, like it's not in, it's not in the headlines is another factory, and then it'll just uh, add fuel to the fire of of, of growth. Yeah, this is one thing that um, Farzad talked about that really I thought was brilliant. He said that. 
Master Plan Part 3 will be announced, uh, possibly, and didn't give it a high percentage, tomorrow. Or, yeah, Thursday. And when Thursday. they announce Master Plan Part 3, they might also announce a couple Gigafactories. Again, very low percentage. But that's an intriguing potential. I, I tend to agree, and I'd give it higher percentage in my mind than Farzad did. And I know you guys don't think that any of this is going to happen at all, right? Well, I just think that the market, and we're still in a tricky period, right? We have the Fed kind of pivoting, but not really. They're still talking tough because we still have inflation at record highs. Even though it looks like everything is commodities are rolling over, we still haven't really seen it in the data. So you saw some Fed officials come out today and still talk tough. And um, so it, it kind of dampened on the market. And we also had the Pelosi going to China. So that's some macro headwinds. We don't want any problems there, which could cause some some problems for the market. But 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 pushing that aside, I think these catalysts that we talk about are more exciting for the community. I think it's less exciting for Wall Street. So when you know some new thing or or some thing occurs, I think we get more excited and the market is more muted, especially in a market we're still kind of in a correction to bear market. So in that kind of market, those things get marginalized. But the thing that won't get marginalized is a record Q3 print and a record Q3 earnings that blows them away. Once they see that, and then they can see Q4 coming, look out, Herbert, and that's what will drive it, in my opinion. You may be right, I may be wrong, but that's what I believe. I believe okay. it will be more earnings-driven than, than headlines. Sure, but what happened when there was a stock split announced last year, 2020? What happened? Right. Was, well, there, was, was there an earnings announcement happened during those 21 days? No, but we just talked about it. I just we just gave you the answer that we were in a different market. We were in meme stocks where AMC was going, you know, a hundred X. So Tesla did you know, Tesla deserved it. They exactly. they, they got got through the earnings and they, they became profitable. They weren't losing, you know, eight hundred million a quarter, but you know, we're in a different environment. They announced a three for one stock split. Did you see the stock go crazy? No, it's kind of just kind of laid around. And we already know this. It's already baked in. And neither has Amazon and Google, right? The, the, those announcements didn't didn't have an impact in this market. You're still muted. I'm wondering if you're not wearing your two AirPods that you had last time. We're still having an issue issue with Echo, guys. Yeah, I have both headphones. Here's my other one, so it's not transmitting okay. through the car. Uh, so no, unless you're you picking guys, up the headphones, I'll, I'll, I'll move them further, see if that helps. You guys have talked about earnings, earnings, earnings. And now that the cash flow from Tesla is huge, I'm a believer in what Gary Black's talking about, about the stock buyback. I heard you guys tell me that that's all bull. Why would they not do stock buyback? I think it's going to happen in six months. I'm not saying three months, but if they have so much cash, they're going to they're gonna be able to do it all. They're going to build but so why did they buy Bitcoin? That's a billion dollars. Now they sold that. Why wouldn't they use that billion dollars to buy stock buyback? They won't do it. it they're in growth mode. If they do a stock, the, the reason to do a stock buyback was when it was the stock was at 600. Because you want to buy back the shares cheap because you think that the street, the, the market is undervaluing your shares. You don't want to buy back shares when the stock's up at 900 or 1,000. If... 
and especially if, if a company is in growth mode like Tesla, you don't you want those ca capital to build factories and also to have cash, you know, for some emergency. We talked about it the other day. I think the sell of Bitcoin saved Tesla. That Q2, if they didn't sell, sell Bitcoin, it would have killed the operating margins and we wouldn't have been up 10%. We could have been down 10% the next day. So that was a genius move. I'm glad they sold the Bitcoin because now I don't have to worry about if Bitcoin crashes. I got to worry about Tesla stock getting annihilated because the margins get caught and the EPS gets knocked down because we're holding some Bitcoin. Okay. Sorry, Xander. I need to jump in here. <laughs> First, 900 is cheap. So don't tell me 600 was cheap. They're not going to buy back at 900. 900 is cheap. You, I thought you agreed with me. Okay. Number two, how much cash do they have in the bank right now? How much? 18 billion. And yep. how much does it cost to build five factories? And then I don't know, two billion a factory. Why can't yeah, they just? Why can't they have one billion that they had spent on Bitcoin? Why can't they do that on stock buybacks? People keep saying, well, they don't. They, they you know, they they're going to use that money for other things. The problem is they they can't spend it as fast as they're making it. I agree. And and listen to me. I'm not saying that I'm not in favor of a stock buyback. I love stock buybacks. So basically, the company buys shares, takes the shares off the market, and it increases the earnings per share because then whatever profit it is, you divide it by the outstanding shares. And since the company's buying back the shares, you have less shares. So your EPS explodes on share buybacks. But usually they're more mature companies that aren't growing 50%, aren't growing earnings, you know, year over year, 100, 200%. So in that sense, it's not a logical move, but maybe Tesla will do something like that. Um, but originally, when this was brought up, I think it was uh, by Leo Kwong, who's the, the, the third largest Tesla shareholder. He wanted it because the stock was getting obliterated and he wanted Tesla to take the cash that they were generating and to buy shares when the shares were in the 600s. He's not advocating for it now. I haven't seen him tweet anything like that, but he was advocating in the 600s. So I believe long term Tesla at 900 is cheap, but we need to let the story play out and let the earnings come through so it hits the market upside the head and then we're going to see the result. Any comment to that? Xander? Um, I, I, I'm not a big fan of uh, this idea that, that Tesla is going to use their money uh, for anything except accelerating growth or um, perhaps putting that money towards a robo taxi uh, fleet of their own, right? Like they they have they can allocate capital much better than uh, than shareholders. So like the, the, the whole conversation about dividend, uh, I don't think that that's going to happen. Um, buyback is is an interesting one. I just I I, I think that and Elon's talked about this before that they'll never do a dividend. But it's like once a company is done growing, then they start doing these things, right? You see that in Apple, uh, they're 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 doing uh, dividends, and so I, I don't I. I don't think it will happen any in the next couple of years. I think they're just going to deploy that capital to uh, in just insane growth, right? That's what uh, that's what they talk about. I actually believe you guys too. <laughs> I just try to bug you. I, I, you, you know, Apple did not do stock buybacks until they had over 120, 30 billion dollars in the bank, and then they're going, "What do we do with this?" And then, uh, exactly. They did that. I'm exactly. just bugging you guys. I'm looking for any potential catalyst that can throw that can make this thing skyrocket. So uh, let's jump to a quick uh, 
you know, we have different philosophies. Okay, why don't you describe your philosophy and then tell me what how you're going to trade in the next two, let's say, one month, two months, three months. What how, what are you going to be doing? And are you going to be buying more, not buying more? What are you watching for? So for me, I'll give you a quick catalyst and then I'll answer your question. Uh, we've talked about it. investment grade. I think even though I'm not, you know, I'm not worried about it. If it happens, it will allow other funds now that it's investment grade and will come in and buy Tesla because now they'll be allowed to. And I think it also shows, you know, Wall Street, the power of Tesla, that they have a pristine balance sheet. The cash flows are coming through. It's an earnings machine. And that 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 investment grade will give Wall Street confidence that Tesla is the big dog and it is like an Apple, a Google, a Microsoft or what have you. Now, as far as the second question, I this time. I'm not looking at a, a 1200 exit or anything like that. I've been talking about this too. The first time we came through, we didn't have valuation under us. This time that we bust through a thousand, valuation is with us. And I just went through a couple of things. You know, if they do 20 bucks next year, you give it 80 multiple, you got a $1,600 stock. If you want to give it a hundred multiple, you got a $2,000 stock. So I'm not looking to run if it gets to 1100 or 1200 this time, because not only is the valuation better, we have growth in 24, probably 50%. So there's no reason to think the EPS is not going to continue to grow. So why do I want to get rid of a growth stock at 1200 where it was, you know, six months ago? Because I'm scared because it had a little run, take my profits and run. No, I'm holding. And I'm if I'm if there's any pullbacks, maybe I add. But no, this second time through, we got we got valuation on our side, and this is a ride to the multi-trillions now. Okay. Before I get Xander to talk, I gotta address I always have to come back at you, Christian, just to remind everybody who's listening, okay? I'm a long-term holder. I bought App Tesla since 2012. I bought it at $1,000. When it fell from $1,200, I bought it at $1,000. I made a mistake. So maybe I made a mistake. Maybe I did. I just closed my eyes. I'm here. I'm going to be fine for the next five years. Here's what Christian did. First of all, Christian's a momentum trader. And then he, you'll hear him. You'll go, he's, I'm, he'll, you'll hear him say how much of a Tesla bull he is. Don't believe him. The guy has less than 50% of his assets <laughs> in Tesla. When I found that out, I go, stop telling me how bullish you are. You're not. Now, when it went up to 1200 the first time, he sold. Now he's buying. Six, of course, I'm making it sound like a brilliant guy because he is. I'm learning. But I brilliant. Said, that's, that's bullshit. But he did. He, he happened Thank to you. time this market correctly. Tell me the other times you might have missed out on if it went up to 1500 1200 Now you're going, oh, when it goes back to 1200 this time I'm not going to be scared. I'm going to hold on. You got your scared little pants on, buddy, and you sold at 1200 <laughs> right. Xander, go ahead and share yeah, your story. Yeah, that, because... that was luck, right? That oh, was you don't luck. Let me respond after just <laughs> <laughs> go for it, Christian. You want to respond or you want me to just so, yeah, I want to respond. Yeah. So <laughs> you're right. I, I got lucky. Uh I timed it perfect. I, I timed it nicely. You know, you're not gonna catch tops and, and bottoms, and I don't recommend it for everyone out there. But after you've had a good run, now remember I own the stock. Way back, you know, I didn't catch it as early as some, but in 2019, I owned the stock when it was in the, you know, that two to three hundred dollar range. So I made huge returns, and you know, it went up 20x. So I mean, you can't, you know, it's not like it doubled and then you took your, you know, it was a 20x. So I thought there was going to be some pullback, and there was. With the Fed coming in and inflation roaring and the macro about to hit, 
it was it was a logical move and i decided to do it i still held some tesla i just took a huge part of the gains but now here's the beauty the market gave me a gift you're right it could have run away from me and i would have missed some of it or a lot of it but i was willing to do it because i already had a huge gain why so weren't you this, if, why weren't you buying when it was at 600 a year I ago did. why didn't you, oh no so when the dip when it when the six member assets. Our Twitter spaces, so I'm I'm not quite there, but I'm I'm highest that I've ever been. My allocation is the highest to Tesla that it's ever been. And I'll tell you this: in the six twenties, in the seven hundreds. Remember, I kept saying I don't care if it's seven twenty, six eighty, six forty. It's not going to five fifty. I made that call. It's not going to four twenty. I don't care what the technicals say. I don't care what the bears say. It's not getting down there. I was proven right on that one. And I said, I said, accumulate in the six hundreds and in the seven hundreds. And now we're sitting at nine hundred. So I got that one right. So call too too right for me. But I love it, Herbert. I love what you're saying, but. You know, I'm a really good market uh, technician. Okay, both, um, both of you mute your Twitter and your space uh, and the, the stream yard when you're not speaking. There's still echoes. Xander, tell us your philosophy. You've made a lot of money. You taught me something that I did, and we could share it with the group here, that I've made now $25,000 because of something you taught me that I would never have done regards to long-term leaps. And I did it two months ago because of your help. But tell us what how you've been trading. Sure. Um, well, let's let's address what you what you just said, uh, which is the, uh, uh, the, the this idea that uh, I can't actually take credit for. It was from uh, from someone in Clubhouse. His name is Ronnie. Shout out to Ronnie. Uh, and he, um, it, it's this idea of switching from uh, being in shares to when you have a market correction, you take a portion of your shares and you allocate it to a long-term leap, right? And and the general thinking is don't do more than 10 or 20% because uh, if, if you're in a prolonged uh, environment, you, you can lose all of your money. So of that of that money that you're willing to allocate. So um, so what you did, and, and it was just an idea that, that I floated because you said you'll never sell any shares uh was that uh was to convert the shares right it's just the way that you have to change the way that you think about it so it was to convert those shares into a long-term leap so uh as the stock starts to run um you know when you think it's reaching a top and and to, to what christian was saying earlier um you're you know when when the market uh, moves and you're above these moving averages, right? If you look like at a 200-day moving average or exponential moving uh, average, you're 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 so far away that that like timing a top uh, is it, it's a it's not a bad idea, right? But you have to have you have to analyze the data that that's surrounding that is the market just too hot is you know it's it's a risk so uh but m my philosophy on it overall is that uh I, i'm I, I trade around the edges so i'm 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 selling calls, although nowadays it's starting to feel like uh, picking up pennies in front of a steamroller. Uh, you know, I sold a call for like uh, 900 or 950 uh, for like a dollar, right? Uh, which is a hundred dollars uh, for, for, 
a uh, 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 hundred shares worth of stock and th and and then it runs and then that 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 thing is worth fifteen dollars or whatever it is so then if you're going to buy it back or you have to be willing to sell the shares so uh, we're starting to even though the macro is kind of it's questionable now something's changed and and the market wants to go bullish but then we we continue to get these uh, news like today with, with Pelosi and and and, Ch and China and Taiwan so um, I, I'm kind of um, just pushing out the calls a little further up, and and then if I if they get sold, then then uh, if I get uh, shares called away, that's okay. But I'm also selling some puts, uh, and and uh, just just accumulating as many shares as possible. And and I, I'm not trying to think too close. Uh, I'm looking, you know, uh, five years out is um, is uh, when I think about uh, taking, uh, you know, taking some money off the table. But uh, really, it's just retirement. Uh, I'm a long term shareholder. Older. So, not 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 much strategy except uh, you know bu buying a call here or there when when you you have uh, like catalysts that that you uh, that you tweet about. You know when you have these things coming, uh, you know throwing uh, five thousand bucks at it or something that I'm willing to lose um, is 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 fun and it keeps me active. Okay, what we're doing is working. So please mute both your Streamyard and your Twitter when you're not speaking. So. Xander does options, and options are evil, and they're scary, and we really shouldn't do them ever. And that's my philosophy. I just like basically, I don't want to know anything. I don't understand options. I think that's gambling. So I've only done. Yeah, go ahead, Xander. Yeah, but real quick, that, that like there's a difference between buying, which is what I just said, buying a, a contract and selling a contract, right? It's, it's there's a difference between being a, like the gambler and I gotta, I, I'm gonna make a lot of money and strategically using your portfolio, and obviously you have to get to that uh, part of of um, you, you know you have to be large enough of a portfolio to be able to sell a contract and this is why the stock split has an impact because now there's a uh, you know a smaller portfolio can participate if you have the knowledge and i learned all of this stuff on youtube so uh you know it's evil but um it, it is a mechanism that is available in the market that you want to understand and um you know a great youtuber to kind of dip your toe if you're going to uh, want to curious about it is a guy named in the money uh, i really liked uh liked his channel learned a lot and then yashu uh from hit that bid is uh is is really really good at analyzing and it really helped me um learn Okay, so Xander, when you find out he trades options, but he's very careful and he only uses a small amount. And his philosophy that he's been teaching me is that, you know, when you've got a sizable asset, it's in Tesla stock, that you are actually leaving money in the table if you don't do some versions of option trading. So I'm like, no, options are evil and they're scary. You're betting. I don't ever want to do this. And I've got all my money in Tesla. And then what he said to me was, okay, why don't you do a long-term leap? So he taught me that. He walked me through it. So what I did was when the price was on a 650, there was a long-term leap offer that said, do you believe that Tesla will be at $900 by June of 2024? I said, yeah, <laughs> that's like the dumbest bet. I'll do that. And I only did very little. So he was advising me to do 10% of my IRA. And I only did, I actually only did like 2% or whatever it was, very little, just to get my first little thing down. And then, of course, the 650 is now at 850, 900. And now if I decide to sell that leap, I would have made, I'm going to make 25 plus thousand dollars. And 
and it is almost three times what the rise is of just if I had bought 650 and it jumped up to uh, 950, it would be three times that. So you're able to get more returns. Uh, of course, you can also have the loss if you're completely wrong, but I feel like this, the, the bet is very safe for me because I'm saying, well, I think it's going to be 900, two and a half years from, yeah, whatever it is, year and a half from now. So I, I thought it was a fantastic uh, logic, knowledge that I did, and I thought it was still safe. And he taught me how to do that. So I went, you know, every time I yell at, <laughs> at Zed, or I, he has to remind me, well, I, I made you some money. So <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. But, but it, you know, it's not so much about the money. It's about understanding these strategies and, um, you know, the things that are available in the market. And, um, yes, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good that it worked this time. And uh, it's still a risk. You, you really, really need to understand these things. So, um, you know, I, I just like we, we, we operate like we're fear based right now. Uh, you know, I was very like, I, I sold some shares at, uh, you know, seven ninety. I was, I was worried. Um, you know, so our psychology is so, uh, a part of us and, and, you know, these timing tops and, uh, trying to sell, you know, uh, like, S selling at the top and buying at the bottom that's really difficult to do so if you're able to uh, generate some cash flow for your portfolio especially if you're retired like christian and how i want to get to uh you, you know it, there's there's this thing that lets you sit in bed and if you are tracking something like tesla so closely right a lot of us are tracking this thing every single day and there's there's this thing that you could you could sell a contract that says that I bet you that if it, it won't go down to, um, you know, 800 next week or this week, um, and there's, there's a way to generate some money, but I just, I, I don't see why, uh, one shouldn't do that. If you understand what it is that you're actually doing, what, uh, you know, and how it operates. But Xander, isn't it true? Okay. Tell me if I'm wrong guys, is it true that a long-term investor almost always outperforms an option, a regular option trader or an unlucky option trader or like a neutral option trader or a momentum trader like Christian. Long-term oh. investors, buy and hold 10 to 20 years, I'm going to beat the hell out of you too. True or not true? You're, you're, you're probably right, Herbert, but <laughs> if you can, let me give you an example. Look, I don't recommend this, but let me give you an example where, yes, you are right, but let me give you an example where you could be wrong. And wrong badly. Let's say you pick the wrong stock. You could be a long-term investor all you want. And if you're holding a stock that, like, you know, Ford, for the last 20 years, guess where Ford's gone for 20 years? Guess what the return you've got? A zero. You've made no money in 20 years. So good job being a long-term investor. You haven't made any money. So you're right. We're in Tesla. So we're hoping great things are going to happen and they're going to happen. But just being a long-term investor itself doesn't help. So that's number one, if you're dealing with individual stocks. Now, let me give you the other thing. Like, like, let's say people are in the S&P 500, the SPY, just a simple S&P 500, very vanilla. I'm going to dollar cost average. I'm going to work for 30 years. And after 30 years, I'm going to have X, uh, you know, millions of dollars because I saved up and, I, and I've invested and I got my 7, 8% a year. Let's say you already have a lot of money and you're in the market. And let's say you, that lot of money gets cut by 50%. Well, guess what? Now you need a hundred percent return just to get back to even. 
if I can somehow avoid 50, 60, 70% losses, which our Kathy Wood did not do, terrible job. If you could avoid a 70% loss, then I don't need to be up 150% to get my first dollar back. So if I could, if I could now, if I, I can make a huge profit and, and, and I have to say this, I don't have tax consequences because a lot of my trading is in retirement accounts. So taxes are a little bit of a, of a headwind on this strategy. But if you don't have that issue, if you could sidestep a 50, 60% decrease and get it at much cheaper prices, not 10%, not 20%, 60%, you could buy so many shares with the money you sold at higher levels and then ride that whole thing up again and be way ahead of a long-term investor. It's more of a trader, but I'm just saying it can be done. Okay, let me ask you a question, Christian. COVID hit. Did you sell? Did you sell everything? So... COVID hit. And guess what? I, like a lot of people, got a little panicked. And I actually Sucker. did sell some. So did you, did you buy in time? But here's Two the thing. months later, yeah. when it skyrocketed, did you buy in time? Yeah, I bought back in. That's what I'm saying. I could get in and out as quick as in a second. Like, I could be in out one day and next week be all in. So for me, I don't think of it like I'm worried about day-to-day -day stuff. Like, I could get long real quick. And if I need to sell, I can sell real quick, but I'm not afraid, you know, if I was wrong in my, in my strategy, I'm not afraid to get back in heavy in, in, in a day or two days if I have to. So, you know, you, you got, I, I watch the markets every day. I love it. I love the idea of markets, psychology. These are all things that I'm into. So it, for me, it's fun. So I don't mind there. And if I get it wrong one day, that's fine. But most of my portfolio is long-term oriented, but there is a nice chunk of it that I do kind of trade with. And over the years I've done, I've done well. And um, basically I think you can do it, but like, your strategy will work long run because it's an easier strategy and you're taking your emotions out of it. But if you can control your emotions and you can spot obvious tops, you know, when AMC is going up 100 times and GameStop's going up 50 times, when these things are happening, you know, maybe a top's occurring. And if you can get out of tops, like who's holding it? Why would you not say, sell AMC when it was up so high? Why now you're down in the 14 area? I would have liked to sell it like 10 times higher. Like, do you see how you could have sold the top and bought back in if you love AMC? I, you know, AMC is a joke stock, but basically, you know, it, it wasn't that hard to see a top this time around. If you could sell near the top and buy in at the bottom, that's a great strategy. And, and, and if you're not adding a lot of money, it's a way to make your money, leverage your money at selling at highs and buying in at lower levels. You, you're not going to time it perfectly. But if you can get in 50 or 60 percent lower on a lot of these stocks that have been decimated 70, 80 percent, 90 percent, that's a great way to leverage your money without working for a lot of money to the, get a lot of shares. The reason I bring up that example is my friend was called by his broker and COVID hit, and he said, sell everything, sell it all. And they did. Then two months later, it skyrocketed back up again. I just held everything, and I'm fine. That's because if it never happened. Uh, and he missed out on a bunch of buybacks, or you know, didn't buy back in time. So, 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 so somebody I like you, you who, follows it, yeah. who follows it very closely, right, right. you can do this. But for other people, hey, listen, just ignore yeah, I agree with that sentiment 100%. But what I'm saying is you could have been out on the COVID if you got scared. And as you see the trend of the market reversing, you could get back in. 
is what I'm saying. So yeah, you might miss the first 5% of the move or 10% of the move. But if you feel that the market is moving, you can deploy that capital rather quickly and then catch the rest of it. But you're avoiding disaster because COVID, you, you, we could have been in a bear market for years if, if the Fed didn't come in and stimulate everything right. and pump a lot of money and the government gave a lot of money. So that wasn't known. So you were protecting your downside and then if you if you if you miss a little bit upside to protect a massive downside, that's worth it if you have a lot of capital. Now, if you're not dealing with a lot of money, the best strategy is just a dollar cost average or buy great companies. You're right. And as you get your paycheck, keep adding to it. But if you already have a nice nest egg, you don't want to be caught down 50, 60 percent because it might take you years and years to get back to even. You're the right. reason why the, the market crashes, Christian. Thank you. Okay, I, I've got a uh, trick question for you guys. I love to do this every once in a while, okay? You guys tell me, you guys are supposed to be the experts, okay? What has the most impact on the stock price, okay? Is it free cash flow? Is it earnings? Is it potential for market growth? Is it exciting product lineups? Is it the CEO? What do you think is the most impact on the stock price? Cash. <laughs> Well, that was quick and to the point, Xander. So I'll, I'll get a little bit. He said cash. Um, so what I think it is, it's all of that. But the biggest thing to me is earnings. Te if Tesla could show investors that they are an earnings power, when I mean earnings power, there is no company of this size growing earnings 100% year over year. So if this year they do $12 in earnings, or say 12 to 14, and next year they do 20 to 24, you're basically 80 to 100% year-over-year earnings, which would give you that a multiple of 80 to 100 would be justified. That is unseen. Apple has no growth. It's flatlined. Google is growing, but it's growing like 10 15%. It grew better during COVID, but now it's back to its historical 15%, 12%. And you see even Microsoft's growth is slowing. So Tesla is accelerating growth as a huge mega cap. And you see these other mega caps barely growing. And um, that's why, to me, Tesla is the better, uh, better play. It's the better investment. Because not only the business we know, it's the business we don't know. The energy business growing. FSD taking off, if they can you know, uh, solve that, which I think they will. But it's still you know, time to play out. And then we also have Tesla bot. And you're right. We have the genius Elon Musk, who I love and a lot of us in the audience love, who is a great entrepreneur. He's a great guy. We all look up to him. And, you know, he amazes me with the things he's done with SpaceX and Tesla. And that's why I'm an investor, because I want to be part of the story. Um, but at, at the same time, I have to use my brain. And when things don't compute, you know, maybe I step to the side. But long term, I'm a supporter. I love the companies. I follow them. I'm excited. And I think the next five to 10 years are going to be amazing. Okay. Well, the reason yeah, I why I said that the reason why I said that it's a trick question is I knew that Xander is going to say cash flow, and I knew you were going to say earnings, earnings, earnings. My answer is that it's the potential for market growth because you could have cash flow this year, you can have cash flow next year, you can have earnings this year or next year or three years, four years from now. That will drive the stock. But what really will drive the stock and gives me kind of a feel of safety is if I know that a company has unlimited market growth. So today, Tesla has sold 2% of the market of all global, e all global car sales in general. 
And we know that there's going to be a shift. Every car will be sold, will be EVs in by 10 years from now. And so you want a company that can make can make so much money and the market is unlimited for the next 10, 20 years. That's what's going to drive earnings. That's what's going to drive free cash flow. And uh, and 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 obviously the company itself has to be right-sided because there's other EV companies that are not going to be able to partake in this wonderful market uh, opportunity available for them. Same thing happened with Apple, right? I was investing in Apple 17, 20 years ago. But when 2007 came and they showed their iPhone, that's like, okay, every phone is going to become a smartphone. This is a new standard. And even if they just get 10, 20% of the market share, they're still going to be a massive company, which is what proven to be true. They're a multi-trillion dollar companies today, despite Android copying them and getting 80, 85% of the market. Same thing with Tesla. I see that playing out. I would have invested in Amazon, which I did, but not a lot because I was I realized that that is definitely a massive market where every every transaction is going to end up becoming online. But I felt that their expenditure was so high and I knew it. They were just building, building for growth. But, you know, the cost of factories and all that was I, I, I don't know. I, I was I was spooked by their P.E. ratio at the time and I shouldn't have been, I guess. But I just didn't really like <laughs> uh, the the idea of uh, their goal is to reduce margin as much as possible because that's the, you know to offer cheap prices and then eventually control the market which is what they've done but it'll take a long time to control the market because the option is high i see tesla in the same case because i see this as a 10 year 20 year unbelievable don't even speak about robo robo taxi or uh bots now but just the cars alone they're going to get 10, 20% of the market at the minimum, at the most pessimistic thing. And maybe they'll get 50% of the market uh, if they continue to kick out a butt. So even if they get 10%, 15% of the market, they're still going to be 10 times today. That's where I'm going to put my money. So it's about the market growth that then drives cash and earnings. Tell me I'm wrong. Right, right. But like the town, uh, you know, the total addressable market is, it's really, it's it's like an, you're, you're when you're investing in Tesla, you're not just getting what you're able to buy today, which is, you know, the car business and starting, like energy made a little bit of money uh, the last quarter. So, um, but but you're, you're, it's the optionality of what's the next thing that Tesla makes, right? They're going to go into the housing space that, that, that like there's, there's just continuous Continuous, uh, you know, innovation occurring, and but all of that sounds dandy, and but for me, it's just about like how much earnings can you do, right? Are, how much are you making any money? That, that's that's you know that's the oldest accounting uh, way, you know, oldest accounting method. L open up the bank account. Is there more money uh, th than there was before? And that's what Tesla's doing. It's continuing to increase its uh, its uh, war chest. Stock buybacks. <laughs> joking, joking. I think the estimate is they're going to be higher than Apple's stock or cash on hand within what five years. I mean, it's just psycho that they can catch up to Apple in the first place. Is it though? But isn't that the the, the entire point? Is is that this is like the iPhone moment for for mobility across the planet? It, it it's like that's what what got me was that you saw these um, you know these smart cars and you went from having uh, a, a dumb phone and I had a flip phone 
And, and I would say that uh, I would never, uh, you know, buy uh, a smartphone. I needed to have an alarm. I needed to have, uh, you know, a phone book in it and make phone calls. But then now I have two, two smartphones. So, you know, things change. And, and I think that that's the important thing is, is uh, you know, there's a lot of bare argument. And I heard a great Twitter space today. And, and it's just like the, the, the you, you, if you're not evolving, if you're not realizing that something's changing right under your nose, um, it's just it's it's it's, it's foolish to uh, to not realize that, the, that what they're going after is just it's massive. Just like you said, just in the cars, but then you have the energy and all the other stuff. And uh, wh where are the, these batteries coming from? You know, to electrify uh, the uh, the entire planet, right? For every every possible mobility. Uh, form of transportation so um th that has to come from somewhere and tesla's innovating in that space and, and they're vertically integrated as they're doing guys so. we're sounding like acolytes is there nothing that is is tesla like too good of a true story is there it's like, are we all like a bunch of bulls telling bullshit to each other Best uh, risk adjustment invest risk adjusted investment you could make. I just I, I'm I I come from like the Christian world of of uh, classic investing index funds. I didn't know anything. I didn't know any companies um, I, except when I was a kid. I'd look at Netflix. I'd look at Facebook. I'd look at these. Uh, you know, obviously Microsoft was the original thing that that I grew up as a kid of the nineties. Uh, but um, it, you know, like when you see when you see it, it's just it, it's so clear. There's nothing else that you can invest in that's going to grow this quickly. So you want to you want to buy Amazon or, or 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 Google? Okay, but are they growing at this at this rate? No. And so I, I don't know. I'm not a wizard, uh, but but I could see that Tesla has uh, a, you know an addressable market that's just huge. You're, you're, we just hit five percent of of uh, you know EVs, and uh, and the exponential growth is is just beginning. I have all my money in Tesla right now. And so the one thing that I'm afraid of is something catastrophic coming. And so the one that could, and Christian and I talked about the last space, was I called it the Tesla killer, is robotaxi. So if somebody else solves autonomy ahead of uh, Tesla, Tesla takes too long, even though potentially they've got the right strategy. Somebody else solves it sooner, comes out sooner, then nobody will ever buy another car unless it's got robotaxi in it or uh, autonomy in it. So what's the likelihood that anybody else and maybe could could it could it come like sight unseen like we haven't we haven't even heard of this company and they just solved it and they come out of place what's the likelihood that that's going to happen No so so yeah we disagree on this uh Herbert I, I don't think that's the risk to Tesla the risk to Tesla is is in my opinion two things it's it's uh, geographical so headwinds something goes wrong with the factory we saw that the first time like right now shanghai is and i said this a million times it's the heart and lungs of the company that's where the profit center is happening right now that's affording the two ramps to go down if you lose shanghai for any other any reason at any lengthy time one you know uh, three weeks one month two months you are taking so much cash out of that company and it just is not the same company now over time that will get better as berlin ramps and as texas ramps shanghai will still be super important but it'll be you know we, we can get away with it for for a short short time but right now we need shanghai on all cylinders we need everything on all cylinders we're still in a market where the market wants to see the evidence and we need texas 
We need 4680 to get going. We need Berlin. You know, they're doing a thousand cars a week reportedly, and hopefully they're going to do 3000 by year end. You need those factories pumping out 250,000 to 300 cars next year, right? You, you, we see Shanghai at a run rate million plus. Fremont's, you know, doing what it needs to do, six, seven hundred thousand, maybe more. They said that would grow 50% over time as they make improvements. So to me, it's more, you know, Shanghai staying open. And luckily, you know, I follow some accounts and it looks like in Shanghai, you know, knock on wood, COVID seems to be under control and it looks like they've figured out all that. So I don't think that that's a major risk now where it's, it's a risk that I look at, but it's not a risk that I worry about day to day. But facts may change on the ground. And if that happens, my my behavior may, may change. But as of now, that seems like it's a go. So the main thing we're trying to do now is ramp the 4680. I think that is could possibly a bot, be a bottleneck because if you want Cybertruck at scale and you want Texas to be you know rocketing at scale, you're going to need batteries. So for me, it's raw materials. They've talked about lithium. You've seen Elon talk about nickel on conference calls, saying we need nickel. Anyone make nickel? Then he did the same with lithium. If you want to make a lot of money, go make go in the lithium business. They got software margins. So to me, it's a materials and a geography uh, shutdown of factory is is the downside. I think as long as the factories stay open, this is a gross margin machine. It's an operating margin machine, and they'll sell every car they make. In terms of other things that could really... So I still disagree with you, right? I will stay with that. I, I still think that autonomy is the number one challenge. Elon mentioned it. Another car comes up. You know, We have to solve autonomy before somebody else does. The other thing, obviously, everybody thinks is key man risk. How important is Elon? So if something happens to him, God forbid, what's going to happen to Tesla? What's going to happen to the mission? What's going to happen to my investment? And am I right or wrong to think that today Tesla is where Apple was when Steve Jobs died? He had already built the, the, the product that is uh, game changing. He had already been out in the market for five years. Uh, he'd already had factories building and selling like crazy. So when Tim Cook came on, everybody said, that's it. Innovation's dead with Apple. True. But I still held my money in Apple. And guess what Tim Cook did, right? 10, 15 times the size. Like it's now a $2 trillion company when it used to be just, you know, hundreds of hundreds of billions of dollars. Uh, so an operating person at the right time when it's already lead. I think that that's where we're at, that I think the stock, my guess is 30% hit. The stock might go 30, 50% hit. It'll bounce back up to 30% high. And then they'll just keep growing based on earnings and the earnings and cash flow should not change if Elon's no longer there. Now, all the new ideas we've been talking about, RoboTaxi, uh, that could be an issue. That could be an issue. Another company could catch up. But robots and energy, those things may not happen uh, as quickly as we think it is. His innovation is needed for that. But, yeah. So, I don't know. What's your thoughts on that concept of how important is Elon? Yeah, I think there would be a market reaction uh, as, a, as a result. But, um, you know, I mentioned that you're getting the option of what Tesla can do. Um, but a lot of it's already been... Uh, you know, designed or thought about or discussed. So, uh, you know, just sp speaking from 
like how many investors are looking out that far that that Elon's the only reason that this company is successful? No, it's they're just just raw volume of uh, you know of, of cars that they're producing now and what they're going to produce. Um, you know, like Cybertruck coming out that's that's so weird, right? That wouldn't have happened without Elon. It's like Elon's crazy dream that 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 he could put a moon moon rover on this planet that's like a um uh a halo car uh you know like the warthog not 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 like a halo car that uh for a factory but um but but in, anyway i i think that it would there would be an a reaction but within you know within six months i i think like christian said ultimately it comes down to you show the market that you can produce earnings and you're selling these things uh these widgets then then the market's going to reward uh, reward you for it how about you christian what's your thoughts on that yeah i agree with xander i think elon um the business is far along now where Elon is still focused um, and it's still a big part of it, but he's less important in my opinion. He's got through the Model 3 ramp. We got Model Y going. Uh, autonomy, he still, he, he works day to day in that. I think that's where his energy is. It's SpaceX on autonomy. But you're, you just answered your own question, Herbert. You said Tim Cook got there. The innovator went away and took Tim Cook with his buybacks and dividend and running it you know, making sure the trains leave on time, grew that company like crazy. He's the most boring guy in the world. So if Tesla brought in, after Tesla, after Elon's done all the innovation, if we bring an operator, say like a Zach Kirkhorn, I'm just making him, and he could get the trains going on time and get those margins and the EPS is dropping, and then they do your beloved buyback, and then they do, you know, a dividend, this could be another, you know, you know, turning into a, a five trillion, six trillion dollar company a la Apple because you got your boring operator like Tim Cook at the helm. So I think he's less important, but he's still important for the next, I would say, three to five years. Absolutely. Oh, Christian, I love to pick on you, buddy. But you're like all about money. All you want is money, 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 money. You don't care about Elon. You don't care about the mission. I'm going to buy and I'm going to sell. Oh, I'm going to sell Tesla now. I don't really care. I don't need to support them, but I'm going to make money. So I'm going to sell instead of like, hey, I'm here for the mission. I'm here to support Elon. That's why we're here. We're here about sustainable energy, buddy. You don't care that the climate's going to destroy Earth? No. All you want is cash in your bank. I have to comment, uh, Herbert. That was totally Go uncalled for. for. So, so I love the mission. I've watched every Elon video. I love the company. But there's a difference between blind faith and, you know, smart investing. So when a stock 20Xs and it's gone from 300 pre uh, before the split and it ends up at 1.2 trillion when it started at 40 billion when I got involved or less, then you got to look and say, hey, maybe it's going to pull back. And it did. And if I'm able to, you know, get out with a lot of capital and come back in much lower I call that smart. Uh, I still support the mission. You can still be a great investor or smart investor and still support missions. There's people that support missions that don't invest at all in the company and they support it and they promote it and they do everything they can. So I, I love what you're saying. I know you're trying to get egg, egg me on here, but uh, I think my response was a great response and I, I counted you well. 
Yeah, and and there, I'd like to bring up an old point. There's a difference between uh, capital preservation and and someone who's looking for growth. Right, I'm I'm 40, um, and and so like if if the market crashes i don't need the money it's 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 my retirement account um so but uh, for for someone who's who's worried that that their their nest egg can go away or they're getting closer to retirement they they can't take that kind of a risk they have to be uh you know in in the mindset of 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 being disciplined and and not not, not overexposing themselves to one uh you know asset class or, or one bad tweet or something that can that can cripple you because you're going to rely on this money so um you know i think that the, I, th I think that a good thing that christian has taught me is to um um, you know, lo love the company, uh, believe in things uh, the, the way that I did, but also think about it. Um, you know, don't marry the stock, right? Don't 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 marry the the, the company. Just uh, I I'm a hundred percent invested in Tesla. I, in fact, I sold my five AMD shares uh, today uh, and and put it towards Tesla. So you know, I have to add a couple of bucks. But um, so so you know. I, I, like being 99 point whatever percent exposed it's dangerous especially my, my portfolio is about 50 percent in leaps which i need to recover and then you know i want to re, uh, re reconsider this like blind bullishness that that can happen to us and so uh, you know that's that part of learning um you know I, i'm a new trader to 2019 uh right around where christian said 40 billion dollar market cap um it, you know you really want to understand that it can it as we saw it a stock can get cut in half by 50% in the case of Tesla. Never mind all these other companies that aren't making earnings, um, what their valuations are. So, uh, you know, it, it, everyone has to analyze their own risk and what they're willing to do. Um, with my corporate um, um, money that I'm, I'm overseeing, um, I have to be much more disciplined. I can't. I, I sold it at uh, like uh, 800. And, um, and and then I just thought it was it, we were going to come back down. Now, it turned out to be a mistake and we're just we're, we're keeping running. Running, but uh, what if uh, what if tomorrow something bad comes out and and the entire market sells off uh, for something bad, right? I, I have to uh, judge that. So uh, you know, I don't think anyone has to pick one direction for how they trade or how they view things. There's you could you could dabble in in all the different disciplines, right? Understanding how the uh, algorithms trade, understand how um, you know a retail trader uh, analyzes things and how how they act, right? Like the meme stuff. And then also understand how uh, Wall Street thinks, right? Like following Gary Black, it really gives you a nice sneak peek, a sneak peek into seeing how Wall Street thinks and, and what they're worried about. Okay, well, we're going to see who's going to make the most money, me, you, or Christian. But I'll tell you, um, this is what my wife, my wife says to me, okay? She says, there's three rules of investing that we all know, and you've broken all of them. <laughs> she says, what? Um, never fall in love with a stock. I think you said that, Alexander. Two, uh, never, you know, don't have just a, you know, have a basket. Don't just do one thing, right? Have a, a basket. Uh, diversify. And three, make the cash register ring. Okay? So that is what you do, Christian. You are like somebody who makes the cash register ring whenever you think it needs to ring, and then you buy back. You have cash, and you buy back when you can. And then you don't fall in love with a stock, Agreed with that. So my answer <laughs> to that is 
I say, well, first of all, I didn't, I don't fall in love with stock. Look what I did with Apple. I held it on for 10, 12 years, and then I stopped falling in love with the Apple, and I fell in love with my new love, Tesla. So much so that I sold all my Apple and moved it. I think Apple's going to double. It might triple. But Tesla's going to 10x or 20x. And I think that, um, like we talked about, the market potential for Tesla is just starting where te uh, Apple needs to figure out what its next area is, service and all that. They'll succeed. I'm not saying they won't. And then, and then two, make the cash register ring. Yeah, but let's say I do what you did, Christian. Let's say I picked it at twelve hundred. Let's say I make the cash register ring because it's at all time high. Oh, by the way, Tesla's been at all time high all the time. What since every time I bought it at six hundred a year ago, all time high, seven eight hundred, all time high. How dare me? How dare that? Just a few years ago, it was at three hundred, two hundred. How dare I buy it at eight hundred? Well. It's always going to be an all-time high if you have a stock that's continuing to rise. Okay, so let's say I, may, I cash make the cash registering at twelve hundred. Well, what if it doesn't fall? Well, you got sitting with cash. You're not maximizing your potential for growth. So the next one is uh, diversification. And you guys tell me if I'm wrong here. I think Tesla's diversified. Now it's not quite yet because ninety whatever percentage of their revenue is still cars. But like we said, there's all these bit. I think there's 21 businesses they're in. There's clearly going to be a lots of different revenue streams. If I put my money in Tesla, is that one company? I, I you know, yeah, yes, no, maybe I don't know. Tell me, but I kind of like that's how I excuse it. My excuse is that well, it's a diversified company. So that's what I told my wife. <laughs> so, so Herbert, let me let me counter some of those points. So I, I respect you, and I think they're good points. But let me tell you how you can do it without um, being all in. So I was never an all investor. I know a lot of the audience is an all investor, and I respect that. And they've done very well. And I I completely um, I, I'm fine with that. Now people have to do what's comfortable for them. People have to sleep at night. Like Xander said, if you have someone who loves Tesla but they happen to be maybe a little bit of an advanced age, you know, no one can guarantee anything. No one knows exactly what's going to happen. So what I was saying, and we've talked about this in a lot of our Twitter spaces, if you have a, so a sizable amount of capital, meaning you have a lot of money, you can take you know, 30 40% of that capital. And if you want to dedicate it to Tesla, if we think what Tesla is going to do over the next five to 10 years, you know, five or 10x or whatever, then you're going to do very well by allocating 30 to 40% of it. There's no reason that you have to be in 100% if that wasn't your strategy to begin with to, to do very well with Tesla. Because Tesla is such a great stock that we believe over the upcoming years, you could take a portion, a significant portion, you know, 20, 30, 40% allocate it and do very well and maybe sleep a little bit better. Again, I'm not, I'm not saying everyone does it a little bit differently. So what I'm saying is, and that's the beauty of all three of us. Everyone has a little bit of a strategy. I was never an all-in investor with Tesla. I did very well with Tesla with the capital I had in it originally in 2019. But what I'm saying is I did very well without being all in is what I'm saying. So you're right. If you're young and you're just starting out, you want to catch Tesla now. You want to be buying with every dollar, every every maximal dollar. You, know, you need to get into the hundreds of thousands. So if this 10x, you become you know wealthy beyond your, your dreams. But if that's not the case, you don't have to take outsized risk, especially at an advanced age, because then you don't have the time to recover the losses if they come. So that's just an important point. Yeah, and, and uh, I agree. Uh, for, for me, it was uh, my first stock, my first individual stock that I, that I ever purchased. So um, 
you know, putting as much money towards, towards this idea that, you know, uh, that in 10 years, that, that money can 10 X or maybe more that required, you know, raising a lot of cash so much. So I sold my house, two of them actually, but, uh, I, I sold and, 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 Put it all towards Tesla now. You know, family and friends. Some still do. Still thinks it. Still think it's insane. Uh, but but there's something that you said earlier, Herbert. Selling at twelve hundred when you're really far away from like what what it should be trading at, or right, the market's all euphoric. There's a difference between that and what Christian said about selling it not selling it at 1200 now because you're on the way up your your uh, multiple uh, has been compressed so now your earnings have gone up but your multiple th that that's being assigned to it is actually too low right like look at look at Gary Black tweets the 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 estimates for the streets estimates for where the stock is going don't match what what uh, what the stock price is, right? There's there's a nice chart he posted, I think, yesterday or, or possibly today again, um, and and you could see that there's a disconnect, right? And that's that's the opportunity is when you see this, you don't need to look out five or ten years down, you know, into the future. Just look at it now. There's a disconnect in the market. You know, he upgraded his his price target from 14 to 60. Now I don't like follow everything that Gary Black. I actually like. Uh, Arc's uh, research is what 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 hooked me was was seeing what it could become, uh, you know, down into the future. But but for me, back to the point, 100% makes sense. There's nothing else that I can invest my money into besides like businesses, which I, which I do uh, as well. Uh, but um, and then maybe I'll get back to real estate uh, when when the, when the market uh, kind of changes. Uh, but but you know, I, I think it's it, we have such different, unique journeys that that you you really can't. You can't say that any. You can't fault anyone for the strategy that they choose. It's just what, like, like Christian said, what can you sleep with that night? What are you comfortable with? That's the beauty. The three of us have different philosophies. We're all successful, and each person's different. They have a different risk profile. So I'm not going to say that mine is the best, but yeah, it's the best. So here's what happened when I did Apple. Uh, I was diversified. I had a basket. I started putting an Apple. And then, you know, you kind of mute your growth and you realize this is a strong company. Why would I try to invest in other options? Now, when I was younger, I would invest in biotech stocks because I was hoping to do a lottery and win. I lost a lot of money in lots of those things. And as I got older, for me, it was important to be more safe. So I stopped investing in these penny stocks or these biotech stocks that you never know if it's going to be it's going to succeed or fail. Apple, to me, was a very safe stock. I can almost, like I've been saying to, recently, that I can do a straight line and watch the growth and watch the earnings and the cash flow over time. I think Tesla's a safe stock. It's very volatile because of, we know all the reasons. Elon is one reason why it's very volatile. There's a lot of hatred for Tesla. There's a lot of enemies that they're fighting. If you believe that none of these industries can still topple, uh, Tesla still today anymore. They could have two years ago. I have friends who tell me that you know don't 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 be don't be afraid don't be surprised when the politics and the in the current industry decides to crush Tesla and they've had their day. And more importantly, the government. If the government decides to turn on Tesla, could they stop its growth? 
And I think it's too late, personally. I think it's, it's again, I'm very confident straight lines grow. So to me, Tesla's a safe bet. Again, everything we're saying, guys, it's, 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 I'm not investment advice. I'm just having fun. I play, I'd like to poke holes on my friends, but they're very, very smart. And they've taught me both Christian and Xander to tell you the truth. That's why I kind of have to like, you know, make my ego a little bit better. They both showed me that I could make money more, like, like exactly what Christian did in the last six months. And then Xander taught me, and he actually, I actually followed his advice. I didn't want to do long-term options. Sorry, Christian. See, I don't even know the right terminology. That's how a newbie I am. And they're called leaps. They're not called long-term well, that's leaps. what the acronym is. Is actually, uh, you know, it says I forget what it is, but it's a long dated, um, you know, uh, uh, call option. So you, you have it. The, the idea is correct. That's what matters. Okay. Anyway, so that's sort of my philosophy. Um, anyways, I like this. Jeff. Jeff uh, is on a comment. We'll invite him next time. He's an amazing, intelligent uh, contributor to our Twitter Spaces, and he puts up this comment. Says temperament is more important than intellect when it comes to investing, and he says Warren Buffett, and and he believes in that too. So this is this is what we've been saying, right? I know Christian, make a comment on that. Same with you, um, Alexander. But in my case. I don't want to trust my temperament. I am a human being. I'm going to get emotional. I got scared when when you guys were scaring the crap out of me that the recession, the inf runaway inflation, the world was going to end when you guys were saying that two weeks ago. You scared the crap out of me. Uh, so basically, I don't want to make a decision. So I don't. I'm not going to buy. I'm not going to sell. I'm just going to close my eyes and I'm going to imagine myself five years from now and what that's going to look like. That makes me feel good. I feel comfortable. So that's my I don't. I don't want to have temperament. So Sorry, Jeff. I would see. I disagree with all of you guys. So it's not temperament. It's 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 your it's your tillack, which is ignore temperament. <laughs> okay, Christian, what's your reply to this? Yeah, no. So I, I love what Jeff said there. Temperament. Um, for people who don't know, I, I love stoicism, and and the great the greatest investors are stoics. I believe so. It's someone who can control their emotions that can look at things objectively, and they don't get wrapped up in you know. Uh, short term, you know, the stock's going, you know, it's doubled. I think it's going to go 5x and they start buying at terrible valuations, right? Because if you do get a market downturn, you know, you can get severely dislocated, right? So if the market continues to go up and you catch it as it's already been going up for a while, maybe you'll make another 10, 15, 20, 30%. But if you don't time it right, you could be out quick down. So I think temperament does play a lot of it. I think your situation has to, you know, play a lot of it. Like if you've already had a huge gain, there's nothing wrong. I'm not talking a double, a triple. I'm saying if you're playing with individual stocks, if you've turned, I'm just going to make up a number, 50,000 into like, you know, 2 million. I mean, yeah, it's, I understand. I'm not judging anyone, but it's okay to take some of that, put it to the side. And if the stock comes in and you still love it and you see value, buy more of it. Or if you see another opportunity, what I'm saying is at some point, things change. Now, for Tesla, that's not the case. But if you were in another stock, a company, and you see what happened, look at um, Peloton. If you bought Peloton, it went up tremendously. If you held it now, you're down. So it's ridiculous. You want to sell Peloton 20x higher, not now. So you have to be realistic about the same thing with a lot of other companies, the Robin Hoods of the world. The, you know, there's so many companies that if you just sat there and held them, I'm not comparing them to Tesla, but in investing exactly. in 
Right. Investing in general, though, you have to, especially when you're dealing with individual stocks, if you're just buying the index and you're, you plan to hold it for 20, 30 years, absolutely. Don't sell it. And you're working or you're, or you're just adding and you don't need that money. Keep dollar cost averaging 100 percent. But if you're playing individual stocks, you got to keep your head up and you got to be researching it daily and looking at market moves. And you also have to look at the macro like the Fed, because the company could do really well. But if the Fed wants to come in and stop the party, they will. And your stock will go down no matter how great it is. So you need to learn about this stuff. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, you know, I want to I want to mention something that. You know, finding Tesla and then putting all of your money, you know, I have children, I have a four-year-old and a 10-year-old, and um, and amazingly, I have a wife that supports the decision of, of uh, selling your house and putting it towards Tesla, but I have a responsibility. So m my job is to make sure that I know every single thing that's happening with Tesla and and pull that ripcord if if there's a, if there's an emergency, right? And so it's to like to think that oh, you just set it and forget it, and you and you don't look at it. You know, I think that that's dangerous. You have to uh, analyze, right? That I, that's the greatest lesson I learned from science class in, in eighth grade was one word from Mr. Bob. It was analyze. Just just continue to do so um, with with everything that you do, and then look for the opportunities. At some point, Tesla might stop growing, and there might be another hot thing, right? And then at that point, I will pull back uh, some money from from uh, from Tesla position and put it towards another position. Right. That's that's it just you know, it, it depends uh, what, what's happening with those companies. Now, who is that? Who's going to have this kind of Tam? I just I don't see that happening anytime soon. So uh, that's why I just continue to be 100. OK, everybody. So thank you so much. We will do better next time with our audio. But this is the Cyber Bulls. We're three bulls. You have Christian, who's a fly-by-night bull who compares Tesla to Peloton. There is Xander, who is the YOLO bull. He likes to bet all of his money on risky options. And then there's me, who's the better bull, the best bull, who's optimistic about Tesla and loves the mission and loves Elon. Come back next time, and we'll do better. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate this. See y'all. Thanks, you guys.